Welcome to episode three of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor. I'm here again with Andrew, Matt, and Matt. And we got a big weekend of games, so we're going to get right into the recaps. The first game, UConn defeated UNCW by a final score of 86-50. to 50. It was really pure domination from a game I thought would be a little close. And pretty much everything went well. The return of Jordan Hawkins and Andre Jackson. Who wants to, anyone want to get us started on that game? Sark, you want to give some thoughts? Yeah, I'll talk about it. Um, So the shooting was awesome. And that's what I was looking for was just find consistency in shooting with this group. And they had 10 threes on 45%, which when you do the math on that, that's pretty extraordinary. If they can do that in a lot of games this year, they'll be a very good team because that's a lot of points on good percentage from three. Um, the free throws were good again, so I think we left, we're going to leave that problem behind us. The free throws are pretty good, and Carabin played well, too. Um, you know, he's spacing the floor very well for a freshman. He's got a really sweet shot. Like, uh, it's very quick release, and um, played good defense. He consistently is making the right play, and I think he's going to end up with that starting spot as we move forward here. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's playing into his role really well. He's really like a – a three-point specialist almost, which he's, he's more than a three-point specialist, but that's his role on the team. Caravan's not afraid to attack the bucket either, which is what I like. Like, he gets in there, does the, you know, the work down low and gets a lot of foul shot opportunities, which is really what I like to see out of him more so than the three-point shooting because anybody can really shoot a three, but, you know, the big power forward's got to get in there and get the rebounds. But, I mean, welcome back, Jordan Hawkins, huh? I mean, goodness gracious. Five of eight from three, seven of 13 from the field and 20 points in his first game back. And a monster dunk on top of that. Yeah, I was going to say uh, about the game today, too, is that the team looks entirely different with him in the lineup. Uh, there's, it, I feel like we were lacking some sort of like stability at the guard position, you know. I feel like the first few games we had pretty inconsistent guard play. You know, Newton the first game, he was all right. But then he had the triple-double. Slowed down a little bit again when Hawkins came back. But uh, one thing about Hawkins is that you know uh, he's going to get his points. He's going to do what he needs to do. Uh, just the aggressiveness at the guard position, the consistent shooting. Uh, everything he brings, I'd say, is very much needed in this backcourt. Yeah, that 20 points. It was really like a, re a really easy 20 points. It didn't seem like... You fought for too many buckets, a lot of open threes, so that's always good to see. And also returning Andre Jackson, we mentioned. He he didn't do much scoring, just two points, but a plus 33, I believe, in how many minutes? 19 minutes, a plus 33. It's really incredible. His defense, his, excuse me, his uh, defense was really good. He had like four or five assists. He was really good for his first game back. Yeah, and I think uh... – I'm just going to give him a nickname right now, and I know this is used a lot, but Energizer Bunny, he's just everywhere, and he is such a big part of this team, just everything he does. And he doesn't score the ball that much, but he just is absolutely everywhere. So I'm going to call him the Energizer Bunny. Let's see if it sticks. Yeah, a lot of the game, too, I saw him bringing the ball up from the point guard spot. He wasn't the point guard on the, on the court, but – uh, I noticed the majority of the possessions, he was bringing the ball up. And honestly, it didn't seem like too much of an issue. It seemed like whenever he was coming up with the ball, we were putting points on the board. And uh, I feel like that's 
piece of his game he definitely had to have worked on over the offseason because our last year I don't remember seeing that at all. Well, I think the offense and defense, the entire game runs better when somebody like Jackson is on the floor because he's an experienced veteran who was a very high recruit out of high school. And he's just that guy who's able to slow the game down if need be. Because really when him and Hawkins weren't in, we had basically four new guys and one, we'll call him veteran in Sonogo. But with Hawkins and Jackson on the floor, this team just looks 100 times better than it already was, which was pretty damn good. So I'm really excited to see where those two take us. Hopefully, if they can stay healthy. Yeah, in that UNCW game, Hawkins was back in the starting lineup, but Jackson came off the bench. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like Jackson in that like energy off the bench role. I know it's not going to stick because Hurley, I'm pretty sure, already said he's returning the lineup against Oregon. But there's always that burst of energy. Just if the team starts slow, they just bring him in and disrupt on defense. Say we have a few of those guys now. I feel like, um, you know, when the offense gets stagnant, I feel like you can put in. I think we have like three or four players now. I feel like you can just change the game immediately. Even Joey Calcaterra, you know, someone who wasn't fairly, uh, very highly touted, you know, coming in, he was a recruit, he's a senior. Um, you know, we didn't know much about him, even going into the first game. No one was really talking about him, but you know, he comes in, he comes off the bench, you know, and he hits a few threes, and all of a sudden it's a brand new game. I'm really excited to see how these guys do. Uh, when we start facing some tougher opponents, especially throughout this whole tournament, I feel like this is going to be a big uh, show of who comes in off the bench and who can really make a difference. Yeah, this is just a super deep team. And also, Tristan Newton, this was his first game after the triple-double. He didn't quite get back to where he was. He had, let's see, eight points, three rebounds, and four assists. I think that triple-double, honestly, will be an outlier on the season now that Jackson and Hawkins are back. But Eight points, that's really all we needed from him. We're not, we're not expecting him to put up the numbers he put up at East Carolina. It was like 18, 6, and 5. We just need him to play his role on the team. I was going to say, too, he only took four shots uh, throughout the entire game. So uh, I don't know where the aggressiveness on the shot taking went. But like you said, it's honestly all we needed. I feel like if he did take some more shots, he shot 50%. Shot 2 of 4. So if he did put some more shots up, you know, maybe he could have been on, maybe – Maybe he would have been off, but I guess we don't know. And uh, the two guards for the other teams, it seemed like he played some pretty solid defense. Um, Newby and Harden only combined for eight points, so I guess the defense in the backcourt was also very well, too. Very good. Yeah, and how about just having a role player who could go out there and get a triple-double on any given night? That's pretty fun. Yeah, it really is. And his backup, Hassan Diara, he – he kind of struggled offensively. He didn't score against UNCW, but he did have two rebounds, three assists. And I think his role is not to be a scorer on this team. His role is just to be the facilitator off the bench. And I think he's actually done pretty well in that role. And another player that stuck out to me for, I guess, not a negative reason, but didn't really, wasn't really a star, was flinging. He only played 12 minutes because Sonogo played extremely well and got a bulk of those minutes. He only took one shot and hit it, the two points. He had six rebounds. Uh, he had a couple of plays where he just, like, fumbled the ball, catching. He looked like a freshman. That, I would say that was the game he looked the most like a freshman seven-footer. Yeah, for sure. As we'll get to the Delaware State game, he really improved on that. Any last yeah. thoughts at all on UNCW? Well, with Klingon, it looked like the ball didn't come to him as clean 
as it did before. You know, he was getting dimes only where he can reach them. I mean, he's seven two should be able to reach up the balls three foot ahead of his head. But uh, he just wasn't really getting clean passes. And it's not – you can't really put the ball at the guy's feet because he's got to go down and pick it up and then come back up. So you got to you got to keep it high for a guy like that. And he just wasn't getting any clean entries, which is why I think he only played those 12 minutes because Hurley saw a lot more in Adama than Klingon because Adama was getting those clean entries. And I do think Adama was being more aggressive going to get the ball. But – I mean, Klingon turned it around today. He had a great performance today against Delaware. Unbelievable. Uh, my final thoughts from the game. Uh, honestly, I feel like in games like this and games where we're facing tougher competition, we do need to be more, aggress- uh, more aggressive on the boards. Um, during the first half, we were kind of just standing there, kind of waiting for them to come to us. Uh, they were saying on the broadcast that we were kind of just ball-watching. Like, we would just watch it go up and not make any effort to bring it down. So I would say definitely, um, you know, just getting on the glass a little bit more, especially when you've got a big guy like Klingon out there. You know, maybe if you need more rebounds, put him out there over Sonogo. It's great to have a big body out there. Maybe both of them at the same time. We haven't seen much of that, Klingon and Sonogo at the same time. Um, you know, maybe just slide Sonogo to the four. I'm really curious to see how that would work. Um one more point from the game was uh, team assists. Uh, we had 20 to their five. If we keep passing the ball like that uh, all year long, then the points will just keep coming and coming. Yeah, I like one quick point on what you said about Sonogo and Klingon, especially seeing Sonogo. He's starting to hit that three ball. So if he can be a threat on the perimeter, it definitely opens up opportunities for them both to play at the same time. All right, now we'll shift gears over to, to, to well today's game. You'll see this tomorrow. It was UConn defeated Delaware State ninety-five to sixty. Another all-in-all all just domination of a inferior opponent. Uh, and you got any Andrew? You want to start? Yeah. Yeah, that was obviously a great game today. We dominated throughout the entire thing from start to finish, just like I'd hope we did. But then the big negative of this game came with what two minutes left, I believe, is when. Tristan Newton went down with what looked like a groin injury, but early indications say that he's not going to be hurt. Uh, I believe a tweet from Dave Borges said that he just got hit in a tough spot and he'll be fine, hopefully for the tournament, but still obviously has to get checked out by doctors. But he was moving on his own, walking pretty fine, but still you hate to see that. In a game where we were up by 40, having one of your best players and then getting hurt is just, Really not ideal, especially right before a huge tournament. Yeah, on a more positive note, um, I want to talk about Donovan Klingon today, who he bounced back from a tough game, and he had 16 points in 16 minutes today. And one thing I noticed is when he really has it going, his production, at least in these uh, tune-up games against these weaker teams, his production is pretty unreal. It's been like, 10 points in 11 minutes, 12 points in 15 minutes, and 16 points in 16 minutes. I think it goes to show that when he has a t- when he's going against a team where he's really just the biggest guy out there and he has a mismatch, he's going to be putting up some pretty big numbers because just no one's going to be able to stop him. And the way he gets his points off offensive rebounds and dives to the rim and just straight-up mismatches, it's pretty fun to watch. I just want to mention uh, Jordan Hawkins this game for a minute. He had nine defensive rebounds, which for a guard his size is phenomenal. 
Um, he does a great job there at the one and the two, honestly, wherever and wherever you put him, he'll, uh, he'll get you really good minutes. And, and uh, a, a, a brief summary of this game to me is that like, you know, all the, all the guys at the end of the bench got together, you know, Emma Hedrick got in, you know, these guys are like security guards, you know, they come in and they kind of like play the last few minutes. So that guys like Newton don't have to go down like that. So I don't really understand why, why I keep these guys in the game for that long. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you have five, maybe six, if you want to count Richie Springs, guys that aren't in the rotation. Put them in five minutes, six minutes left when you're up by 40. And I'll just run through some quick stats from the game. Adama, 26 and 8, he was just dominant. And that's all 26 and 23 minutes. Hawkins, 11 points. He went three of 10 from three. He was kind of jacking him up there, but I'm fine with that. Get warmed up for the PK tournament. I'd rather see him go three for 10 as opposed to like two for four. I'd rather see him getting those shots up. And Klingon, we mentioned 16 points. Joey Calcaterra, a really underrated game. 11 points, five rebounds, six assists, really stuff in the stat sheet. That's who I wanted to talk about is, yeah, Calcaterra. He's impressing me more and more every night because he's becoming more of a combo guard kind of, you know, someone who can shoot the ball from wherever on the court but isn't afraid to take it to the basket or make that tough pass inside to get it to the big. So he's been impressing me really so far. Ever since that first game where people kind of started to wonder, I don't know, was this guy worth it? Yes, he is. Yeah, Hurley made those comments after, I believe, like the first or second game that guys were getting minutes they weren't really going to get down the stretch because of the injuries. In my opinion, I mean, you all may have different ones, but I thought he was honing honing in on Joey Calcaterra because he came in kind of late in the transfer portal. He's a guy like Diara came in pretty quick. Newton, he's kind of like a late pickup for some guard depth, but I'm I'm wrong. He's a huge part of this team, especially from three point land. Uh, we were going to talk about Diara a little bit. Um, muted myself by accident. I feel like his performance have been uh, a little underwhelming for what we expected of him coming in and. Uh, I, I can see his minutes shrinking as, as uh, the season continues. Yeah, one thing I want to touch on before we're done talking about these two games over the weekend was just the shooting this weekend. I don't know if I'm going to call it a hot, hot streak, but the shooting this weekend was phenomenal. 22 threes made in total this weekend. Uh, 12 today, I think, and 10 the other game. And they were 44% on all of these. So they averaged um, – 11 threes a game. So that's getting you 33 points a game on 44%, which is all you can ask for and more. And it'll probably go down as we face tougher teams because there's a lot of open looks. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say something. I think it's the best shooting team that Dan Hurley has put together. And I think that um, they're going to find consistency, and I think they're going to keep it. Uh. Yeah, this is definitely the best shooting team. You know, it might not have the best shooters, but overall, just like as as a whole, like they can all hit. Uh, in recent years, I mean, we've had guys like Tyler Polly, you know, who come in and that's like kind of his specific role. He would play that four, but he would just stretch the floor all the way out. But I mean, then you guys who had guys on the floor who couldn't hit. It helped guys like Snuggle last year who was not putting these shots up. And guys like Whaley who developed that a little bit later into their careers. Um he he would he would uh 
open the offense all the way up. Um, this year, you don't need guys to open up this offense because they're all opening up the offense. Even Sonogo now is hitting these threes, which is a really big deal, and I, I, I don't think we have talked about enough. Uh, he's changing the way this offense plays because now these big men have to stay out on the perimeter. It opens that paint right up for these athletic guards, just like Hawkins, to get into and just stick it to them. And real quick, just because you said that about Sonogo, I'm just going to say if he could hit one three every game, that's just going to keep the defense honest. And he's just going to – if they even have to come out on him, like I saw it in today's game where he pump faked, spun move, threw up a nice touch shot, and that's just going to keep the defense honest. It's going to keep them running out at him, and it's just going to open it up for him. Yeah, like you said, if he hits one three, the defense goes out on him. That opens up a lot more opportunities in the paint. So that – he sure he makes one three. only has one point to his personal total, but opens up maybe six or eight points for the rest of the team inside. And I'm going to – I have one last thing I want to look at from this game, and it's with Andre Jackson. He played 13 minutes and fouled out. I don't think that's a cause for concern, but it's definitely noticeable. I mean, five fouls in 13 minutes. And one more thing, it's – you're playing this team, you're up by like 30 at halftime, consistently up like 30 to 40 second half. And it's easy for like Coach Hurley to just like foot off the brake, just watch. But as a player, I remember specifically, Andre Jackson, his only bucket of the game, he hit that three. And then the team didn't get back right away on defense and resulted in a Delaware State layup right away. And Hurley immediately called a timeout and yelled at the guys. So it just shows that he's always in that, like, it's he always – Coach is like it's a five-point game, one-possession game. I, I like to see that out of him. Yeah, while we're on the top, um, Dan Hurley's reactions during the game, I'll call them the game inside the game. We're blessed as UConn fans to be able to see that. Yeah, I mean, ever since that, what was it, his first year with Jalen Adams in uh, in the garden, okay. going up to him, head-butting him, slapping all over, you bring him right back down to zero. You know, it's so funny. Yeah, he's definitely the right coach for this program. I mean, you need that guy who's going to, like, not take anything for granted. I mean, you really can't in college basketball because if they start getting that habit now and they take, you can't really take any buckets for granted once you get into the next game because all these tune-up games, I think we have, what, one more against LIU, I think, is our last real tune-up game, and then it's it's business now. And if they start getting into that habit, then it'll only lead to bad things. But I actually like Hurley on that timeout and yelling at people. I mean, the same way he took out Adama after he tried to do whatever he did with that dunk against Buffalo. You know, you got to keep these guys in check. I mean, if they want to be NBA players, they really got to get the scouts looking at them. They just can't – they can't do stuff if, uh, to make themselves look worse if they really want to get to the NBA and make the team succeed. So I'm actually a fan of Hurley doing that. And I will switch gears to some injury updates and notes. As we mentioned earlier, many times, both Hawkins and Jackson are back. I think by Thursday, they'll be 100%, if not very close. They'll play normal minutes. Uh, Tristan Newton went down at the end of the game, as we also mentioned, but he also should be fine. Just, just slipped and hurt his groin. But Hurley said he should be fine. So I, even though in the past, you really can't take Hurley's word for when it comes to injuries. I'm going to take his word and think Newton will be fine. And Samson Johnson, the only other injury at this point, he's still he's still out. He'll be out next week and for the foreseeable future. So hopefully he comes back. 
And a quick note, I was thinking, Samson, he may have to earn his spot back in this rotation. But the way the guys are playing right now, I mean, we have nine guys in the rotation. I don't know who Samson would replace there. I mean, everyone's playing extremely well, and especially coming off an injury. And he really doesn't have too much experience playing, I guess, well or significant minutes. So it'll be interesting to see when the time comes. Yeah, about Samson. I was surprised he came in with that big of a role in the first place. Um, they brought him in, and immediately uh, he was a major facilitator in the offense. I did not see that coming. I thought Klingon would have that sort of role that he had. Um, yeah, definitely surprised me when he came in, and it will surprise me even more. If he comes back and he has that same exact role, um, that, that, would, that would shock me. Yeah, I don't know if anybody expected this out of Caravan so far, too. I've really liked him. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I have, I'd have to agree with that, that Samson may have to really earn his spot back and prove that he's their guy to be in that spot because, I mean, he's not just going to take Caravan out if he keeps playing like this. He's obviously not going to take Klingon or Sonogo. He's, he's really going to have to earn it back, which, I mean, sucks to say because I was really excited for him to start that first couple games when Jackson was out and for him to earn his earn his spot in that starting lineup take advantage but you know with being hurt for that long and it gives opportunities to guys who have really earned it so far like Caravan so yeah I'd have to agree with that he's gonna have to earn his spot back yeah it was really a close competition between Caravan and Samson for that final starting spot and since Samson obviously won it the Caravan's played excellent in his absence, so I think he definitely has secured that spot for the foreseeable future. Now we're going to move on to another segment. We're going to do some team, we're going to call it preseason awards, because these past five games, really they've been like preseason games, like tune-ups. There are five we're going to go over, we each have our own picks. We have MVP, freshman of the year, newcomer, defensive player, and most surprising overall. And I think we'll just go around, it's okay if we have the same picks, I think some of them are pretty obvious. But for MVP, it's obviously Adama Sonogo. He's just been a force in the paint. He's a man amongst boys against these smaller teams. And with a three-pointer in his game now, I think he's really going to take it to the next level. I think he's not definitely, but really good chance he's an All-American this year. Yeah. Uh, for my, let's go ahead, Matt. For my MVP, I have a Sonogo also. And all I wrote for my notes here was enough said. Yeah, Sonogo is the very obvious pick for this, especially the fact that he's only getting better. Um, I see no reason why he can't win Big East Player of the Year this year. Um, he, I feel like, is going to lead our team in almost every category. So uh, I don't expect anything less of him coming, uh, going forward. You can tell how much better he's gotten from last year. You know, he's developed a pretty good natural-looking three-point jump shot. And, I mean, even his his work in the post has gotten better. You know, his footwork was pretty good last year, but it's even gotten better. And he's averaging 17 points right now. I'm not – that might have gone up. That was just a graphic they showed during the Delaware State game. But I feel like he can easily win the uh, Big East Player of the Year, but he's my MVP for this preseason. Yeah, so no surprise there. Sonogo sweeps across the board with MVP. Next up, we're going to go with freshman of the year, and there's two candidates, and they both have pretty good cases, but I'm going to go with Alex Caravan. He's entered that starting role. He's done pretty well. 
he's pretty quietly scored double figures all five games. He's doing more than just scoring, too. He's rebounding, passing. He's had a few blocks, and he's really surprised me. Yeah, I also took Caravan, and it was a bit of a toss-up between him and Klingon, but the thing about Caravan is I see him not getting his loss and not looking as much like a freshman as compared to Klingon a little bit more. I think he looks a little bit more poised out there, and the game is moving a little bit slower to him than Klingon. And that might change over the season, but Caravan's just been too solid for me not to take him. I'm going to go with Caravan as well. Um, that's not to say that I don't think he will progress like Klingon will. I, I, I just think that Klingon is going to be dynamic for us going forward. I, I feel like he will get drafted. I feel like he's too technically gifted to not. And I feel like he's just going to progress over time. I feel like it's been two, three years at UConn. But Caravan right now is for, uh, definitely my freshman of the year, just the poise that he has. Like you said, it looks like the game is moving slower for him. That's what you really need. And I feel like that is the big turning point for him. Now, see, mine is clinging, but it's because people obviously knew Caravan. He came in January. He officially decided to sign with us and be on the team in January and stuff. Everybody knew he was going to be really good for us, but Klingon had a big question mark next to his name. You know, he's from Connecticut, obviously hometown hero, but he's a seven foot two kid. Is he going to be good enough for college or is he just going to be that, that big guy that just takes up room in the paint? And he has proved, I mean, all his haters wrong. He's been great so far at every category, just finishing, passing, catching the ball inside the post, putting up strong shots. But that's, that's why I'm going to take him. He's surprised all the people that were hating on him so far. Okay, we're going to keep it rolling here. It's a newcomer. There's a lot of candidates for this. I'm going to go, I don't know if you guys will have the same one as me, but I'm going to go Joey California. He's really just, he's been, like I said, Jackson was the energy off the bench. He's also been energy off the bench. And going into today, averaging eight points and 3.5 rebounds, and that's going up today after 11 and five. And also not to mention the six assists. And he's just been, like I said, from three-point land, it's just spark off the bench. And enough said. I think it's Joey Calcaterra. Uh, Calcaterra is a really good show. I'm going to go with Newton, though, uh, honestly, just for that one game. Uh, he had the first UConn triple-double in seven years. Uh, I feel like just through the first five games, it's hard to not give it to him. Just, the, just how dynamic he is and how much he's helped the backcourt with Hawkins out, I, I feel like is a big factor and a little bit underrated. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going Newton too. Um, it was hard for me not to take him based on how good he was at ECU. And, you know, that's the American. UConn fans know just as well as anyone. The American isn't great basketball, but he's such a talented guy, and he's done so much in his college basketball career that I feel like once he really gets it rolling, he'll be great for us. I'm also going to go Newton for pretty much the same reasons everybody said, but just for coming in, and I really like the quote that Hurley used after he got his triple-double, that he's now like a UConn guard instead of just a transfer guard. Um, I just really think that he's been the best of the four transfer portals, but, I mean, you'll see later that two other transfer portals win uh, awards for later in this podcast, but I think Newton's been the most, the best, we'll call it, best transfer so far. All right, next we're going to go over to Defensive Player of the Year. 
And I think it'll ultimately be Andre Jackson, but he's only played the two games. So I'm going to give it to Klingon. I mean, the 2.5 blocks per game going today, that sticks out. I mean, every single one of his blocks is memorable. You go inside, chances are you're not finishing over him. He's only playing limited minutes in the backup center role, but he's really securing the paint when he gets in there. Yeah, I'm going to take Andre Jackson because he just does it all. You'll see him guarding the best guard that the other team has out on the perimeter, taking him out 30 feet. Then you'll see the ball get dropped into the post. He'll come off his guy, come over, get a block, start transition, and then he'll come back down the next possession and get a steal just being in the lane or get a steal on ball. So I'll take Jackson. Uh, It's really hard not to pick Klingon. Uh, just the disruption he causes in the paint. Um, it's hard to look past that. Um, being his size after two and a half blocks, uh, very, very difficult to not choose him. He changes the way the entire uh, offense plays. Um, I think that's very invaluable to just be that big block in the middle and everyone just kind of tries to avoid you. And whenever they do test you, you just swat him into the second row. Um, it has to be claimed. Yeah, even having him on that floor and guys like guards see that there's a seven foot two guy standing in the paint. Like, I forget which game it was in, but the guy, I think it was the UNCW game, but the guy was looking for a foul and Klingon's feet literally did not leave the floor. And he swatted him pretty easily just without jumping. And I think that just goes without saying, like, he's, he's going to be really good. So he also wins the uh, defensive player of the preseason for me. All right, lastly, we're going to go with some surprising players. And my surprising player is also Klingon. I mean, over the years, you look at the freshmen. Last year, obviously Hawkins is the exception. There's always one exception per year. Hawkins played a decent amount, but Samson and Rasul Diggins were kind of glued to the bench. The year before, Javante Brown-Ferguson, a seven-footer, he didn't see the floor and transferred out after like a week. But Klingon, he's getting – he's in the rotation firmly. He's getting the opportunity. He's producing significantly, as we saw today in every game. And that really surprised me, especially seeing guys like last year, Samson. He came from a decent – he went from to the Patrick School. That's a decent high school. Playing in East Public School, Bristol Central, playing against guys that are like 6'4", 6'5". So he doesn't really have experience against people his size. And I didn't think he'd play much at the beginning, but he's really surprised me. Yeah, mine's going to be the uh, the California kid, Joey Calcaterra. And why I think he'll be surprising is because I think – He'll have a couple games in conference play where he'll come off the bench and do what like Tyler Pauly would do, just completely heat up and take over a game maybe when we really need it. And that's why I think he'll be surprising. Uh, I have two. Um, I mean, for one, Jordan Hawkins, I feel like he had these very high expectations coming into the year, and I feel like he's just going to surpass all of these expectations. I have a feeling that this will be his last year here. Um, just throughout the year, I feel like he's only going to get better. He's only going to heat up, and I feel like he's going to take us deep into March, to be completely honest. I feel like this is his last year here at UConn. And my other pick was Alex Caravan because I didn't know too much about him coming into this season. Um, I didn't think he would play nearly as big as a role. He's playing 30 minutes a game. Uh, he's averaging 11.5 points, four rebounds. Uh, he is playing a much bigger role than I ever thought he would. And to me, that just makes him that much more surprising. I also have two. Mine are going to be the California kid just because 
He's done so much more than shoot the ball. He's taken it to the lane. But even Naheem Aline, too, would be uh, a surprising player because he's also done more than that. I mean, I didn't know this guy could dunk. I mean, you guys all saw when he cut across, got the pass from Sonogo and hammered it against UNC Williamson. Um, Wilmington, not Williamson. But those two are going to be my most surprising players. All right. Well, these, those are our preseason awards for the first five games. And I think that'll just about do it for episode three. Look for another episode on Thursday before the PK starts. It'll be a full, a full preview of the whole tournament, who we face, who we may face in the future rounds. And thanks for listening. And tune in next time.